0: The Paul Leslie Hour. Helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Hello and welcome. We have on this episode of the Paul Leslie Hour, comedian Brad Upton. His stand-up comedy has brought him around the world and in concert with some of the biggest names in entertainment. From Johnny Mathis, Dolly Parton, and Smokey Robinson in the music world, to some of the greats of comedy like the Smothers Brothers and the late Joan Rivers. Upton has had countless television appearances, and he's sold out some of the top comedy clubs in the United States. He has a comedy album out. It's entitled Brad Up to No Good. All one word, Brad Up to No Good. And it's been getting airplay on Sirius XM satellite radio, And you can pick that up anywhere you get your music. Last year, 2018, was a landmark year for him. He surpassed 6,000 performances. He also became a viral online sensation. This interview was filmed just prior to his performance at The Punchline, which is known as Atlanta's Best Comedy Club. I picked him up from the airport, took him to his hotel room. We did this interview which was also filmed. Just go to thepaullesley.com if you want to watch it as well. Enjoy the interview with Brad Upton. I know I did. Hey, it's me. How are you? I'm well. Good. Hello and welcome to Atlanta. Thank you very much. The man we're sitting down with is Brad Upton. He is a stand-up comedian. He's performed internationally He's one of those rare comics that you could say he appeals to everyone from 18 to 80. There's a clip on the Dry Bar Comedy Channel, two of them actually. One of them has 70 million views, another one has 40 million. And
1: it's been called the most viewed stand-up video ever. Shocking. No one more shocked than me. (laughs) Because this has all been since June. Since these things got posted, they put that one on, the first one on, and it got 12 million views in two days, and and 33 million in about 10 days. So immediately, a week later, they've posted another one, and it went crazy, too. Not as much as that first one did, but no one more shocked than me. I, I was just like, what is going on? Because the one that has 70 million, personally, I think the one that has 40 million views is way better than the one that has 70 million, but... Who knows? It's like a real virus. Who knows why it gets or how it gets passed around? You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's been it's been a uh, it's been an eye opening experience.
0: What are you finding that this modern age? You know, on the the car ride over. By the way, I should tell everybody I picked him up from the airport, which that was a first. And the- that was
1: nice too, man. <laughs> I, I didn't think you meant it when you first offered. I was like, does you really want to come pick me up at the airport? Cause- <laughs> That was very nice. Thank well, you. Well, my pleasure. I'm curious. When you have that kind
0: of exposure overnight, what's that like? I mean, it, we were saying in the car as I was going, as I was mentioning, that would be the YouTube and these different online sites. It's like the equivalent of being discovered on Carson.
1: Oh yeah, it's exactly what it's like. I think those numbers. You know, somebody told me if you're on America's Got Talent. Six million people see it. guy the other day, a comedian, said, this is like doing 10 appearances on America's Got Talent. I was like, wow, it's just shocking when he said it like that. But it is weird. I mean, that much exposure all of a sudden? I, had, I have a uh, Brad Upton fan page on Facebook, and I really never did much with it. I kind of ignored it. I wasn't very active with it. It seemed like a pain in the ass. And, and I had 300 fans. Mm. But I didn't really push it. All of a sudden, in six months, I've got over 16,000 fans on there. Wow. And now there's a big push. People say, you got to create content. you got to create content. I go, really? Do people want to see me that much? I don't know. But that's what everybody keeps telling me. They say, you got to post stuff on your Instagram. you got to post stuff on your Facebook page and your fan page. I'm like, okay, I guess. But it seems annoying to me. I don't know.
0: Hmm. Tell us about some of your influences. Who are the comedians that always made you laugh the most?
1: Well, when I was in like high school, when I was you know, just watching comedy on The Tonight Show and stuff, there was uh, Robert Klein and David Steinberg and George Carlin, of course, and uh, some of those guys that were back in the early 70s, the guys that were on, because there really wasn't much comedy as far as comedians were either famous or non-existent, I guess, back in that time. And I loved watching those guys just come out and talk. Those are the guys, Robert Klein and David Steinberg. I always look forward to Pete Barbuti. I don't know if you know who that is. Always made me laugh. And then some of the old school guys, really old school guys like Jonathan Winters and George Gobel and some of those guys. I noticed how my dad, how much my dad enjoyed those guys. So that's how I got interested in those guys too. But those are some of the guys from back in that era.
0: What is the best thing about what you do?
1: that I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I mean, you know, how many people get to live their dream, really? I mean, how many people, when I first started, I, I just, I thought, man, if I could get on TV and go headline these comedy clubs that are around the country, that would be amazing. And, and I quit teaching school, and I've been doing it ever since. I literally, I've told people, and even more so now than ever, I feel like I won the lottery. Hmm. For 32 years, I've been doing exactly what I wanted to do. And you can complain about stuff, but not for very much. You know what I mean? It's I'm doing exactly what I want to do. That's all I ever wanted to do. I never wanted to turn into a TV star, a movie star, or write movies or something like that. A lot of comedians do that. All I ever wanted to do was stand-up.
0: Who have you met as a result of doing stand-up that,
1: when you met them, you realized you were in awe of them? Uh, I've met George Carlin a couple of times, I met, I met and worked with the Smothers Brothers several times, and Joan Rivers. George Carlin's the first comedian I ever saw live when I was about 15 years old. He was at the peak of his, his fame. And so I got to meet him that when I was 15. I probably met him about 15 years, 18, 19 years later. I was in my 30s, and I met him in Vegas. And I was like, holy crap, this is the guy that I saw, and I'm standing here talking with him now. So that was pretty, I mean, just like, wow, full circle right there, full mm. circle. Yeah.
0: You were mentioning a second ago, you said, you know, you can't complain too much. But what would you say
1: is the hardest thing about being a comedian? Um, now, it's people being so critical about everything. It's really, you know, these videos went crazy, right? The amount of mean sh- shit, can I say that on here? The mean shit people say on the comments it's like wow really yeah just being mean and i'm like you know comedians have feelings yeah and every comedian in the world's really trying to make everybody happy that's what you're trying to do you're trying to make people happy and then when you see these people just rip you one you're like wow that's mean that's Mm -hmm. hurtful i didn't i don't think i deserve that you know what i mean it's just but that's the nature of the world today, people sitting on their keyboard anonymously, just being mean. Yeah. So that's probably, I guess, that's right now. The other thing is now I have to, uh, I have to create a bunch more material. <laughs> that's really been, I'm mean, being like, oh crap, everybody's seeing my material now, and it's, I'm kind of in a position right now. Always, I've been doing this full time for 32 years, and mostly when I come out on stage at night, people don't know who I am. They haven't seen me before, and they, I have to prove myself every night. And so I get to do this material that I've worked on for a long time. And now all of a sudden they've seen the material. And I'm like, whoa, this is different because they've seen the material now. Hmm. And it's not getting the response. But, I, you know, that's a good problem to have. But all of a sudden I think, oh, i got to create some more material. What is it like when you have a tough crowd? Uh, You know, the biggest thing is you don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. That's a hard thing to learn, too. It takes a lot of repetitions. Because you can go out, go out on stage, and go wow, this audience is stiff, and if and you've seen it before, if you've been to an open mic, or you see a comedian go up that's pretty new, and mm-hmm. they're not doing very well, and you can see them get uncomfortable, and as soon as the audience senses that the comedian's uncomfortable, oh, it's an ugly cycle, of, yeah. you know what I mean? Because they feel uncomfortable, and he feels uncomfortable, and I've had them before where. The audience is a little stiff and and you just have to act like this is the best show you've ever had. And the audience might be sitting there going, boy, this guy's not getting many laughs, but he seems to be having a good time. And if you as a performer know, I know this material is good. I know it's good. It works all the time. and know it's good. Keep selling it like you think you're killing. And the audience will first, they'll giggle and then they'll snicker and then they'll laugh. And then it may take 10 or 12 minutes, but it takes a long time to get confidence to go, just don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. You know what I mean? It wow. takes a long time. Well, what's the best compliment someone's given to you? Oh, that's a good question. It's a really good question. Best compliment. You know what? People come up all the time afterwards and tell you they've had a death in the family or they've been through chemo or, you know, and they tell you, I really needed a laugh and that's to me a really a compliment like wow you, cuz you think oh, I'm making these people laugh for an hour you know what i mean it's and it's a wonderful experience but when somebody tells you that they really needed that they've been down and they haven't laughed in a couple of months boy you think wow i'm kind of maybe i'm doing some good work here <laughs> you know that's probably the best compliment do you have any kind of uh, i guess you could say
0: goals right now in terms of like something you're aspiring or something that you're going out for?
1: Well, you know what? It's kind of funny. Uh, uh, 2018 was the first year, after 32 years in comedy, that I conscientiously decided to work less. I'm just going to work less. I don't need to anymore. I've been doing... I've, I had a nice resume before these videos went crazy, right? And uh, all of a sudden, I got these... These videos went crazy. All of a sudden, I'm in demand. People want me to come everywhere, and I'm getting to work bigger venues and nicer, you know, little theaters and things like that. I mean, well, I better go out and do a do a grab while I can. But that was uh, that was kind of odd as far as suddenly not having any goals. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. ah, I'm going to cut back a little bit. And now, all of a sudden, I'm supposed to find out in the next few days if I'm doing America's Got Talent this this spring. Okay. So if all of a sudden I'm on America's Got Talent for a few weeks, then bang, my exposure goes up again. Yeah. But as far as goal stuff right now, I mean, I'm, you know, it was funny when these videos went viral, went crazy. I had all these comedians. This is what you need to do. You need to do this on your social media, do this. And I go, I'm 62. There's no 10-year plan for me. (laughs) What's my 10-year plan? I don't have a 10-year plan. If I was 40 or 35, there'd be a 10-year plan. But I'm 62 years old. It's really, I said it in the car, you know, earlier, it's been a nice validation. Yeah. At the end of my career, kind of, all of a sudden, all these people going, oh, you're the greatest thing I've ever seen. I go, I've been out here for a long time. (laughs) Where have you been? Yeah. (laughs)
0: One of the things about what you do is you get to travel, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm curious to know from a comedian standpoint, not just the location, but what is a place that you love to go as a comedian?
1: That I did go to or? Yeah. I went to Karachi, Pakistan about 12, 13 months ago, and which isn't a place, it's not a place you go to for vacation, but the fact that I went to Karachi, Pakistan and performed for Pakistanis, you know what I mean? That was just nuts. I've performed in uh, Israel and uh, Australia and Singapore and Macau and Hong Kong. And then on a cruise ships, so those are for people in those areas. On cruise ships, you fly all over the world, get on a ship, and you, you know, you're performing mostly to Americans because whatever cruise you're on. But those things have taken me all over the world.
0: What would you say to anybody who's watching this or listening to mm-hmm. this? Totally
1: open-ended. Uh, I was t- telling you this earlier. How many good comedians are out there? There's a bunch of good comedians, guys that have done. I've been doing comedy full time for 32 years. There's a whole bunch of guys in this country that have been doing comedy 20, 25, 30, 35 years. They work all the time. They kill in front of every audience. They don't necessarily live in L.A. or New York. They might be based in in Seattle or Denver or Columbus or Detroit. And they work all the time. And they're great comics. They're great comics. you got to seek them out. And try and find them. Dwight Slade is a great comic. Gabe Rutledge, Kermit appeal David Crow, Willie Farrell, Lewis Johnson, Phil Palisall. Those are all great comics that aren't, you know, they're not everyday names, but they're great comics.
0: You look at comedy as almost like a brotherhood.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely, yeah. It's kind of weird. It's kind of cool in comedy. I mean, there's guys that literally have walked away from a career in medicine and there's ex-felons and they're all hang out together. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool when you're sitting with a bunch of comics that are so different, their backgrounds can be so different, but you have that one comic brotherhood, that commonality between you and man, when comics get together, Oh, they're so rude and nasty to each other. It just say <laughs> things that would get you fired and never, you know what I mean? That's the one thing among comedians, is to, how mean we are. Why is just, that? Just uh, it's not mean, it's just busting each other's balls. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. You you know how you you and the fact that your comics, it's fun. Yeah.
0: Everyone out there, they can visit Bradupton.com. That's it. U P N. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for
1: Thank speaking. Thank you. Spending I appreciate it. Thank you. I very much appreciate it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. All right.
0: For more information on the Paul Leslie Hour, visit thepaulleslie.com. Thanks for listening.
1: back in goodbye.